Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Basketball Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Sorry, but like the third biggest city in Kansas is Topeka, right? The third biggest city in in Ohio is Cleveland. <laughs> With SI's Pat Forty. Hey, happy B- National Beer Day to everybody, too, though. Let's get that. Yeah. Here's Pat and Dan. I went to the pod. Bob Bowlesby, pour one out, Pat. Yeah. Got to pour out Big a bad Texas beer, I guess. You know, the, down there in Big 12 country. <laughs> Lone Not many good bears in, in Texas, I'm afraid. Hey, I like Not some Shiner. Shiner's good. Shiner's not good. Shiner is not a good beer. I love no. it. No. No. Shiner is not a good beer. No. no I've had Shiner, no, no, no. That's not a bad it, You drink Bush Light. I, there's I photographic Light, evidence. So. Oh, there, actually, Look. there's evidence of Dan Wetzel <laughs> drinking a Bush Light right now. Right here, right now. <laughs> during the taping of this podcast. Uh, whatever. He's not leaving because of the beer. <laughs> no. Uh, Bob Bowlesby, I always thought he was a step slow on a lot of things. I actually thought he sped up a lot. He got over yeah. the philosophical barriers that crushed the, uh, that, that made no sense to me. And I actually right. thought he was pretty good lately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mainly because he started agreeing with me. That's how I, <laughs> that's how I rate. Why is he leaving, Pat? I uh, I think he's leaving because it was time to leave either by, by push or sh- push or jump. You know, he was... The guy in charge when Texas and Oklahoma jumped uh, in a potentially fatal blow to the entire conference and was widely portrayed, I don't know how accurately, but widely portrayed as being, you know, kind of asleep at the switch while that was going on. I'm not sure how in tune anybody would have been to that because it was pretty clandestine, but that was the way it was portrayed. And uh, look, he had... The hardest job, I think, of any of the Power Five conference commissioners. Pac-12 may be less powerful, less successful, but it was also it's also been more, more harmonious and more cohesive than the Big 12 has ever been. The Big 12 has always been a just mess of conflict and anger and acrimony and Texas power plays and resentment to Texas power plays. So he had a hard job keeping it together. And I I mean, this was, I would say, inevitable at some point that this would have happened. Uh, So I I, look, I think Bob Bowlesby was a perfectly fine, functional, at times very successful modern commissioner. Uh, As you alluded to, he was behind the curve on a lot of stuff and maybe caught up to a degree as things went along. Uh, but he was part of the old establishment, and it's it's a tough time to for, to be part of the old establishment. Things have changed so dramatically, and will continue to change that dramatically. That you know, everybody has their time and place, and his time and place has gone. Yeah, look, he had a hard job. Um, Very. I remember just you know one time it was like, well, look at these uh, the SEC, the Big Ten have more money. You know, it's like there's no way for us, there's no way for the Big Twelve to ever have equal money. I mean, they just in Kansas, there's lots of fields. <laughs> Oklahoma, there's lots of fields. And in Ohio, there's lots of cities. Yeah. It's in Pennsylvania, there's lots of, it's just population. I mean, there's, what are you going to do? Right. Right. The commissioner cannot all of a sudden get, you know, 50 million more Americans to move into these states. And in some ways, he was uh, affected dramatically by the lost decade of Texas football. Yep. Texas football was doing what Texas football should have done. 
then the league is maybe in a different place and there's certainly more success. There might be more postseason success. So, you know, that that's sort of the problem of being tied to, you know, just a couple programs. But again, what are you supposed to do? Right. You're the commissioner. You can't just make things happen. In some ways, uh, he on multiple occasions, he's able to keep things together. Yeah. Uh, I thought he handled the defection of Oklahoma and Texas really well. Did a pretty good job, kept the lead together and then poached some other teams. So I, I don't think he's without um, some uh, some successes there. A lot of successes uh, against very difficult odds and like again like duplicity from Texas and Oklahoma. I mean they're, they're right. I mean they were not dealing above the board in good faith with him. Yeah. So so there's not like you could just snap your fingers and get a better a better TV deal. Right. It's just not yeah. going to happen. I, you know. Sorry, but like the third biggest city in Kansas is Topeka. Right. The third biggest yeah. city in in Ohio is Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> It's just not yeah. fair. No, the fact they have one one super populous state in the Big Twelve, and it's a very balkanized state. There is SEC in it. There is AAC. There's coming you know, all the, There's all these entities, and Texas is the hard one to deal with, and they're the the linchpin in that state. So. And it's a massively diverse state where people yeah. don't all care about college football. Yeah, exactly. Lots of people don't care at all about college pro football. sports. Right. You have a Oil. city like El Paso is a, bi- a big city. They don't care. They're watching boxing and different, you know, it's a, it's just Texas is a. Until is the a miners become camp. a power. Because Until the miners become power. It's coming. It's <laughs> happening one day. I, Soon. No, but you just, you, it's just different. It's just different. So you can do what you can do. I thought he was, for a long time, was, was outrageously principled, or, or if you want to call it principled, but stuck with these ideals. I remember arguing stipends with them. I remember there was a very bit, you know, about the the cross country runner tries just as hard as the basketball player, and some of the thinking was just very old, and very backward, and very patronizing and paternalistic, and they weren't jumping ahead of things. Look, I've said for years, when I look at these leagues, they should have done this 10, 15 years ago and saved themselves. Was get that playoff with your automatic berths. Sure. And I remember arguing with the Big Ta- Big East, Trangisi, and. It, it, no, no, no. And the Big East doesn't even exist anymore. And Terry Gacy's out. Now you bargained it with uh, the Big 12. Uh, and then at the end, he was trying to get it because he like you. Re- but if you got it done earlier when they had enough momentum to have done it, it was all well, we'll see what they deferred too much to, to Delaney. Right. And the end of the day, they're going to those guys on the Big Tank is is too big to fail. It's not failing. Right. And that the, the Big Ten and the SEC both. Yeah. And after that. But the Big Ten can sit back and go, we're not going to be the SEC. We don't want that because they can still survive. Now, maybe one day that changes, but probably not because they share a $10 billion in research grants. And I mean, there's so much money that has nothing to do with sports. Other than that, maybe you poach away Ohio State or something, but probably not. It's probably impossible. You needed to be super aggressive. And I always said the the reason uh, for Texas and Oklahoma to stay in your league is if you have they have an easy path into the playoff. That's your advantage. You'll never, ever be able to match funds with the Big Ten or the Pac-12 or even the Pac-12 or, or the SEC. You're never, if those, and those, those, they had open invitations to go to any of those leagues. And you're, you have to change the dynamic to what the advantage you can provide. And you'll never be able to provide the money, the same money. Maybe you provide access to the postseason. That's one of them. Or maybe sure. you do something else. And that's. Instead, it was drag your heels, and then it was too late. Right. I still believe there's a decent chance Oklahoma and Texas regret their decision because they are giving up that access. I mean, Oklahoma, my gosh, they, they, they've been to multiple playoffs with teams that I don't think would have been able to win other leagues and thus would have had a very hard time getting into the playoffs. So they are taking their chances. I mean, the Big 12 offered them a certain something, and they left it. And I will say, like, to to Bowlesby's credit and to the credit of the rest of the league, I do think after suffering a massive blow of losing those two schools, they did the best they could Absolutely. in recouping. You know, bringing in yeah. BYU and UCF and Houston, Cincinnati. Those are good programs, football and basketball, all of them, and sustaining a conference where it looked like they could just flat split. And, and really fighting for that automatic bid. Yeah. Right. And so now you have a wide open league that should have been should be a lot of fun, especially if you get an automatic bid. At least one is getting in because any number of teams can win every year. 
Right. And your basketball is terrific. It's never been better. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You've won the last two championships. <laughs> that was funny. I talked to Bowlesby in, uh, in New Orleans, and obviously I didn't see this coming. But, you know, I was like, hey, you know, you guys got a chance to win back-to-back championships. And he was very excited and proud about that in basketball because it was with teams that weren't leaving. It was teams that were staying in Kansas and Baylor, you know. Yeah, with what they're bringing in, they should – basketball, they should continue to be the best conference in the country. Yeah, they're bringing in good basketball too. I mean, Houston's excellent. Yes. Cincinnati has good, great traditions. UCF yeah, always Houston. has potential. And BYU's got great tradition and has of course. potential. So. Yeah. Uh, basketball should be good. He did a lot of good things. Kept to a round robin in bat in basketball and football. That was a little clunky when they went to the thing, but what whatever. Uh, mixed bag. But at the end of the day, didn't work out. I think if he had gotten that playoff done sooner, maybe it helps. Maybe none of that stuff would have. But I just know that all these leagues have been and commissioners have been saying you should have been doing this ten years ago. They're all it didn't work out. Yeah, right. No, exactly. People that again, like so many people in college sports, didn't couldn't quite see it coming. You know, you know, I, I was told back in early August, probably Dan, after I got after we got back from Tokyo that, you know, kind of watch out. Bullsby Bullsby's probably going to be gone. The thought then was we want to get it from a big 12 standpoint. We want to keep Bob around to help get through this stabilization time, you know, and then they went and got BYU and UCF and Cincinnati and Houston. Uh, but then after after we've gotten through that. Hey, we're probably going to be ready for new leadership. So again, pushed or jumped either way. I think this was an inevitable uh, time that was going to happen sometime in 2022. Well, I think for the Big 12, it's about, again, gaining access to the championship, guaranteed access. It just has to be a priority because it will drive so much of the train and promote your league so much. Once you don't have that guaranteed or likely access to a championship, your league is in a lot of trouble. Yeah. You're you're the American, right. you're the Mountain West. You are second tier. And you they have to find a way to get an automatic bid. Yeah. They no, just have to. Vital. Absolutely vital. And that's 100% where again, vital. that's when he jumped to thing. But yeah. do that. Celebrate who you are. There's still a lot of great programs. There's a lot of great passion. And I don't believe that the talent will drop off if you have that access because Right. It, just because we're having fewer teams in so-called the like it, people want to be like, well, there's only going to be like three major conferences or four. There's still what whatever number of players like the players got to yep. go somewhere. Yep. Right. So and, and these are still great places to go play and some really good recruits. You have to have access to that championship. But if all of a sudden it's Oklahoma State that's in the playoff and Oklahoma isn't, let's say that happens or yeah, every sure. year is a different one. Yep. So one year it's good. There's it's a very even league now. Absolutely. Nobody's got a, a, a probably the what's the best football program in the that's remaining Oklahoma State Oklahoma State right now. over Baylor because Oklahoma State's been more consistent yeah but yeah you know mm-hmm. but but not by a ton no and then like look then, look yeah. where Baylor is situated not far from Dallas not that far from Houston you know not too far from Austin San Antonio you can get a billion players there and be competitive they have been. So, they, yeah, as you said, look, there's still the same number of players in Texas. If they want to play in Texas. Sit there and go, well, I want to go to Boston College now because they're technically in a bigger league. Or I'm going right. to Minnesota because it's it. No, they'll stay. A lot right. will stay. There, there's still a great future. And I don't think Bulls did not leave them dead. He did a pretty good no. job. I would have liked to seen him jump earlier on a lot of stuff. Maybe, but, I, but I will acknowledge that maybe that wouldn't have mattered. But it's hard to yeah. say. I Yeah. I yeah. just thought this was never going to matter. Right. Because once it becomes about money, you're going to lose, and then you go on. And they kind of got they, – the only reason they got the reprieve was because the state legislature in Oklahoma and Texas wouldn't let them go without Texas Tech and Oklahoma State the first time. But eventually yeah, exactly. That, that was 10 years ago, right? Yeah, and yeah, eventually but, they got their way around that. So. Yeah, yeah. I Yes, I, I guess my epitaph on Bowlesby would be somebody who was very much a part of the way college machinery worked for good and for ill – Smart guy, but also probably too stuck in the ways that things had always been. And, you know, an administrative wonk. And maybe things kind of passed him by to a degree. He may have caught up a little bit at the end. But ultimately, he was overseeing, again, the the hardest conference to keep together and keep cohesive and keep moving forward. And it was probably inevitable that, you know, whether it was, it was it used to be Dan Beebe, who I also saw in New Orleans. It's funny. I saw Bowlesby and Beebe about a half hour apart. 
you know, and BB was the guy was the he was the That's sacrificial right. lamb back. Uh, he did the, the same. He was worse at it. But yeah, he did the same. Oh, yeah. problem. No, he was definitely opposed the playoff, yeah. opposed right. this, yeah. opposed that. It was, Bowlesby was, he was much more smarter. of a. St- yeah. Yeah. He was way stuck in the mud. Yeah. And but, it was all but, like, it'll work out. And it's like, and these guys are not your friends. No. But I don't know, man. Being the commissioner <laughs> of the Big 12 is like being a bull rider on the rodeo. You know, eventually you're getting thrown off. So yeah. ride as long as you can. All right. So who's going to ride? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Greg Byrne? Would he, he jump from well, Bama? Good question. Who's the next? Who's the next bull rider? Uh, it will be easier because the bull is not going to be a Longhorn. You know, you don't have to deal with that. But uh, yeah, Greg Byrne was school. was a name that was certainly in the hopper with the Pac-12, the Alabama AD. Um, really good, sharp AD at obviously at Arizona and then at Alabama. Mac Rhodes at Baylor, but it was that has that been to shot? I've been covering golf the last three days, so I'm yeah. a little out of the. Did he, did he has he denied any interest? Oh, his name's in really, the mix. His name's in the mix. He, he signed guy. a ten-year deal or he agreed to a ten-year deal at uh, at yeah. Baylor. I, mean, I but, saw that. You know, that that what is that? There's mean? plenty of people that can do the job. And right. again, this right. league is not dead. No, no. There's no, so many no. good. There's so much potential there. It'll it's, be sought after. There's no doubt. Yes, and it's ne- it can't fight the SEC on SEC's terms. It has to find a different way to do it, and right. and that's the only trickiness. But and again, still a lot of good games and a, good, a lot of good teams, but they're just not going to get the TV money, especially without Texas and Oklahoma. They're not going to get the TV money. No, but you, what you lose with Texas, you also gain without Texas, which is a little bit more conference cohesion, theoretically. Uh, the one name that I saw that I somebody's going to have to convince me how this is possible is Joe Castiglione. You're going to tell me that the other schools no, in the Big 12 are going to say, yeah, that guy who helped helped organize the destabilization destabilization of the conference. We're going to make him the commissioner now? No. But how about not. why would you blow up a league and then take it over? Right. Right. Um, no. Oh, yeah, I don't. Okay. No, 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 no. There's some Oliver Luck talk out there. Um, who, I like Oliver. I think he'd be a, he would, you know, he's a super smart guy who's been in the league and been, uh, he, he would be fine. You know, you can name off a half dozen ADs and a couple, you know, Gloria Navarez, who's the uh, commissioner of the West Coast Conference, who did work at Oklahoma. She's another one. She's a very sharp uh, woman who's on the way up in the business for sure. Um, so, you know, they'll, they will have not that much problem coming up, I think, with a good commissioner and maintaining viability going forward. That league is fine. It's just not going to get the TV revenue it once did. Dan, I have one question to ask you here as we're looking at each other on on Zoom call. There appear to be like VHS cassettes in the background <laughs> of your where you are in, in Augusta. What what is what that, is that a nice you, copy of Steel Magnolias behind you, VHS yeah. or something? <laughs> like, I think like, those are books. Are they books? Okay. They they're so shiny, they look to no, me they're like books. Yeah, I like okay. romance. I don't know. I this is a rented house. Yeah. So I, I do not know what's on the I have not looked at that bookcase. Okay. But that one of the unique things of covering the Masters is you stay in a house. You don't stay in yes. a Marriott, right? No. So how no. if you could explain, I think people would kind of like to hear how this works and who are you staying with and how many times well, we have you got a whole bunch of barbecues. sports writers and we stay yeah. here every year. Been same place. Price, same house for 12, 13 years. At least. I don't know. I don't know how okay. many years I've been coming down here. I don't come every year. I didn't come the last two because they limited the numbers for COVID and all that. So right. anyway, we're back. So yeah, we've got we got a whole house full of sports writers. We which is pretty good. You work you all got? day. Who do you got? We got we have a uh, Wright Thompson here from ESPN. We have Steve Politi from uh, New Jersey, uh, NJ.com. A couple Yahoo uh people, Jay Busby and Jay Hart. Right. Uh, we have a mm-hmm. we have a bunch. And then uh, through the years has been rotating just rotating people from different we've had kansas city star people with yeah i mean we have andrew beaton right now from the wall street journal usually covers okay. the nfl and yep. uh brian costa we've had a, a, many sports writers come through here we are the um we're our house lots of people want to come visit our house because it's so much fun of course <laughs> it's the party house i'm here yeah <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of whiskey and a lot of bush light well i was gonna say my colleague and friend ross dellinger texted me a picture yesterday and said well if a bush here. light can and said guess who i'm uh hanging out with i, I knew <laughs> right away that was all i needed to know how Seven, far is the house from the ho from the course uh like 20 minutes depends on the traffic but about 20 okay. minutes yeah yeah martinez and, and, we're here in martinez which is spelled martinez but they call it martinez out here 
So. You've been known to grill chicken. Is this the, we is grill this a lot of chicken? We grill a lot. We cook a lot. There's some incredible mm. meals. Uh, yeah, it's good times. It's, it's not bad. It's better than a hotel. I can tell you that. So as so, you know, and yeah, any of oh. our any of our listeners that travel for work, yeah, hotels are great, but it's nice when you're not in one. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. we've been if you, can get, if you can get a house to do a Super Bowl house. With our crew, we used to it. Yeah, we used to do. We need to hold that back up. Like a, did you do a Daytona house too? I think or something. We had Daytona five hundred house. We used to do Super Bowl houses. Depends how many people you have. Right. It's better, cheaper, especially like Augusta. So if you've never been to the Masters, Augusta is like a mid-sized city. But uh, I don't know how many people live in Augusta. It's not a tiny town, but it's it's a city. But it's not a huge city, and it gets overrun with the Masters. I mean, I this I don't know. We don't know how many people they let into the Masters, but it might be. 40,000 a day. I don't know, 50. I have no idea. And then there's workers. I mean, it's just, it, this is the biggest week of, in Augusta. So the hotels fill up, like little hotels, huge rates, you know, yeah. like paying 500 a night at the Red Roof Inn or something. I mean, it may be even more. I don't even know. So that's not, and then all the restaurants are just packed. So you're going, you know, Applebee. I mean, and we're, you know, just, they just, it's not right. equipped to have this many people come into this one area of the city, too. City's fairly spread out, but nobody's like very few people are downtown or because Augusta National is out by the highway. So the, the area just gets over overloaded with uh, with everything. So did you cook the chicken tonight? I did not. I'm busy okay. working here. <laughs> I haven't eaten. You haven't eaten? Oh, my God. No. We better hurry up with this. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So moving but yeah, forward. That's how you cover the, the masters. Well, you're there all day. You know, starts at sunrise, ends at sunset. Yep. yep. And then uh, you come home and, and you make the most of it. But we're so, yeah, the pimento for, cheese actually that good? I don't like the pimento cheese. What do you go with? What is your sandwich there? I guess I would go with the Master's Club, which is just some turkey and, and ham. So the beauty of the Master's sandwiches is they're cheap. The piment, you can get a pimento cheese sandwich for a buck fifty. I'm just not a pimento cheese guy. But some people <laughs> are absolutely die for it. <laughs> Fathers and sons. Pimento and cheese. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That's yeah. the that's the Chris Vernon lines. Yeah, but you can get beers cheap out in the course. Like people, if you come, you get to the Masters. Everything's going to cost you an arm and a leg to get to the right. Masters. But unless once you, you get in the gate, bag, yeah, that is cheap to eat. Yeah, but if you go actually buy anything, you're going on. I mean, it's expensive. Yeah, no. but they have kept the lid on the prices for the the little sandwiches and stuff. But again, like. What is this pimento and cheese? Like, how much can you really charge for a pimento and cheese sandwich? <laughs> pimento cheese sandwich. Yeah, it's I mean, a dollar fifty sounds like a like an a, accurate price point to me. Yeah, frankly. It's one spread of like pimento cheese. Yeah, and that's it. Between it two pieces of white bread, and yeah. it, everyone says it's great. Well, part of it is because like where you're eating it, you're like well, looking yeah, at Amen Corner, right? and you're like eating a yeah. Yes, you could have a bad charcuterie plate on the French Riviera, but it's still the French Riviera, and so it's a really good charcuterie plate, right? So yeah. anyway, I don't know what Tiger is eating tonight, but hopefully enough that he's back on the course. Oh, what a day! Uh, that was awesome. That was so fun yeah, to watch him play. Well, he did well. Yeah. I was I was impressed. Yeah, no, it was great, 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 great. Yeah, I mean, one under. He's got a shot at the cut, and a real good shot at the cut, obviously. Yeah, it's just how long can he hold up? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's what what was his quote said. You know, a, a lot of ice for the next eighteen hours yeah. to get ready for the second round. So yeah, he he had a line uh, when he was talking to the kind of the print writers um, that was fascinating. Uh, and we'll get back to college sports, but Tiger kind of transcends. They asked, uh, you know, Connor in New York Daily News asked, "Is this a win?" And for Tiger in his entire career, there's only been one type of win, which is yeah. actual win. I've seen him storm out of this place coming in second. Sure. There's no, there's no, there was never a, a moral victory, a close, hey, top five. No. Right. No. You win or you lose. That is Tiger. And then if you, you win or you fail, and then you go to work more till you win. Right. That's it. And today he said, yeah, that was a win. Did he? Good. Good. I'm glad he could acknowledge that and, and think that. Ten because- months ago, he's laying in bed. He can't get out yeah. of bed. Right. 14 months ago, you look and go, he might be dead. Doctors are going, do we have, he's got fibia and tib- tibia and fibula, <laughs> fibia, uh, both compound fractures, open wounds. I mean, right. talk of, do, you, do we amputate? And he, and he hasn't played in, has not played a competitive round since the fall of 2020. Right. When they had the fall masters. So he goes basically 17 months without playing a competitive round of golf. And he steps out into a major and goes one on <laughs> 
Yeah. No, it's incredible. incredible. Yeah. I don't care I like, what he does. I, he can miss the cut on Friday. Right. And by the time it he doesn't listens, maybe he did. Yeah. Come on. So that was yeah. kind of nice to see, like Tiger with perspective. Who, what is happening? Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, that, and that's the thing, because once you get him between the ropes, he's going to start thinking, what do I need to do to win? But for everyone else watching, it's like, holy cow, you actually just put on the spikes and played 18 holes under par at Augusta 14 months after looked like your career was over. Yeah, no, that's that's a huge win. That's a triumph. I, I have covered Tiger for a long time here and, and in other places. And um, there was one of the years in San Diego. I thought was the biggest crowd I've ever seen gathered around a whole one single golf hole. Torrey Pines, seventy second hole. It was something like tw- it looked like twenty thousand people. I was there. I was there. And then, but today might have gotten that too on the first. I mean, it was just nobody could move. People are 40, 45 back. You couldn't see. No one could see. I bet. Uh, if forty five people, forty five rows of people standing downhills, you can't even see in. You could. I mean, you couldn't see anything. They're just there. <laughs> all yeah. five, 445 yard hole wow now they're wow. going 40 deep all the way but they're going three four deep in the middle i mean it's just like how many people are here wa- trying yeah. no one's seeing anything right and they don't care yeah. <laughs> no no they're just happy just he was there be in the vicinity that's it i will say like to me in my opinion the in the last quarter century the two most compelling athletes by far are tiger woods and michael phelps and i'd put tiger over michael but in, in America, American athletes, uh, I would certainly put uh, Tiger over Michael. Michael's very compelling as well. I would probably put him in that list. Probably have a, I would have to really look at that list. Yeah, go ahead. You look at Most the list. Compelling. Yeah, get back to us. Tebow is a college athlete. Ah, yeah, but no, Tebow's short shelf life. You know, Tebow was a sensation. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think I could give him that level. Just first off, his best days were college, and then that one playoff run, one playoff huge pass, star. Really? Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady's more compelling than that. He is far. He more is, compelling. but he's not as compelling as the other guys. That's you know, Brady. Brady has incredible longevity and incredible success. Less compelling, in my opinion. I don't know, man. I thought Brady's pretty compelling. Yeah. LeBron is, I mean, that's LeBron, what your definition of LeBron I mean, is compelling. He's been on, he's, it's like Tiger. There's always drama too. There's well, that's, I, I would put LeBron above Brady, you know, from that standpoint. I don't know. LeBron's drama is mostly like, where am I going to play? You know? Yeah, but it was like, you know, he couldn't make it work in Cleveland. Then he goes to Miami and it doesn't work. Then it does. And then he decides I'll go back to Cleveland and win it. Right. And he's down 3-1 to this mega team in, in, Golden State, but then he does win it. Yeah. Then he goes to I mean, LA. And it's a disaster, but they do win a title. Like it, it, I don't. So LeBron, every every week of LeBron's career has been kind of interesting. It has. I mean, Michael Phelps is a great athlete, but it's like he pops up every four years. When he pops up, he's the best ever. And then, except for when he quits or tries to quit, and his coach makes him come back. Yeah. You know, I can't. I, mean, I can't the comebacks the there. That's. I, I recognize my own I, swimming I, bias there. Yeah, I swimming recognize bias. I had nothing against yeah. Phelps, but but still, I just I, like LeBron again. It's like just well, I want to play here. No, I want to play there. No, I'd like to play over there. Yeah, but it was oh. like it's like a soap opera and like a he's like a like he's like a therapy patient with each decision. <laughs> I mean, the restless I mean, over there. It's just <laughs> like oh my god, is this dramatic? I mean, he went back to Cleveland to deliver the title, and then when it, I mean, he had his. That was that was compelling, man. It was it was very compelling. I don't know. I don't know what compelling is. This would be hard for a college athlete to truly make it. Tebow would probably be the closest. Johnny Tebow football was, compelling. was obviously a huge sensation football for a year was, and a half, yeah, but that, he was compelling for he sure. He was fun with the Browns for that first year, but you got to you got to last a little bit longer. Yeah, hard hard to defeat Tiger. Hard to defeat Tiger and anything. I was actually talking with like three guys just standing around. Uh, just I don't even know who they were. There's three other golf fans standing there um you still stand around a lot of golf yeah. and no one's allowed to have their phone out in the course so right yeah so you yeah, have to so they were debating talk, yeah. whether he was the most famous athlete in the world or lionel messi was or i don't Ronaldo. know although i i don't i don't have good world soccer perspective my but, guess is it's lionel messi because literally they play soccer everywhere right like i just don't know how many people in africa or south america follow golf at all right 
they all maybe, follow soccer. Everybody's, maybe not that many. Although right, everyone's golf got a line is on that. huge in Asia, and it Tiger, is very big Tiger has so Asian heritage. I, uh, I mean, it's it, it's interesting. It was it was yeah. kind of an interesting. Thing. That'd be a good. They discussion. had a third behind uh, behind Messi and Ronaldo. Could be again. I, I'm the wrong person to ask about that because my my soccer knowledge right. is. Solly, you're our soccer yeah. soccer. Yeah, I would stuff. say so. Just with the World Cup in that big stage, like that's hard to top. Everybody from I don't know how you get bigger. Yeah, you can't get bigger than that. And talk about longevity. The dude's been doing it for a long time. So and and he has a a, 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 a epic athletes. Well, I mean, right there. There's no uh, Tiger Woods uh, epic uh, athlete. Wait a minute. Sorry. Yeah. Let me let me just back up one time. He's been doing it a long time. How long has Messi been on the world stage? Oh, he's. This is going to be his fourth World Cup, right? So it's it's been twenty years. Yeah. He was nineteen. He started at Barcelona. So it was sixteen Four. years ago. Fifteen. 15 so, right. So, but Tiger Tiger won the Masters nineteen ninety seven. Twenty five. Yeah, it's just soccer. It's just. I get it. I get it. Like of all the countries where they don't they care the least is America. Right. Okay, and virtually every soccer, every sports fan in in America probably knows who Lionel Messi is. They may not know much about him. I I don't think when we mentioned Lionel Messi on here, anybody listening to this podcast went, "Who the hell is that?" Probably not. They they've heard of at least there's this soccer player named Lionel Messi. So I guess it's how do you rate fame? But then there's at least many many millions of Americans are like love Lionel Messi. Not enough to buy uh, enough epic athletes. Unfortunately, but <laughs> <laughs> do you have sales by book? Do we know who's your biggest seller? Steph Curry, Steph Curry. Yeah, all right. Yeah. As I think so, he should be. So I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're off, we're off, we're off kilter here. We're completely we're off, off the rails here. All right. Interesting a bit from a tweet from Bruce Feldman, our, our buddy at the, uh, at the uh, athletic Fox. Uh, sports, Louisiana student athletes, high school student athletes are now cleared to get NIL, NIL deals while in high school. Uh, as one source points out, without question, the biggest winner is Arch Manning. So Arch could probably get a lot of deals. I just don't know if his family will have him do any. Well, that like, do they need it? Hell no, they don't need no. it. You know, I mean, so I mean, conceivably like- get one of those Caesars commercials, but Cooper's already like finagled this way. He's going to have to box out the rest of the family for these deals. I mean, they are keeping Arch low-key. It's pretty... Very low-key. He he joined Twitter and didn't just do a tweet. He doesn't say where he's visiting. He doesn't do interviews. I mean, they're... And good for them. They think that's the best way to protect them. um, Or that's what they're comfortable with. Good. I don't know that he's going to jump on a ton of money. What's interesting to me is this opens up the possibility uh, that we always talked about is, you, you know, the colleges can start paying the high school kids the kids in high school, which they already they did when they, they were just cheating. Right. But it just moves the collective down. But man, paying, if you think paying 18-year-olds is a roll of the dice, wait till some coach convinces you you should start paying a 15-year-old. Right. Oh, yeah. No, that's been like one of my concerns about this whole thing. Going back, I remember having this conversation with Mike Slive at SEC Football Media Days like five years ago when he was saying, we need to just open it up to agents. It's like, okay, but the agents aren't going to start with guys when they're freshmen in college. They're going to start when they're senior, junior, sophomores. They already were. They already were, especially in basketball, but even more in football. Like it's just the trickle down to a younger, the, the, the younger you trickle down, the more speculative it becomes, the more bad deals you make, the more families that aren't accustomed to what's going on. I mean, if your kid has been a big deal for three years by the time they're 17, you kind of got a lay of the land. If all of a sudden at 14, you're being hit up like, hey, we could do this NIL deal and here, this this guy could be your agent. Are you just going to grab onto the first thing that comes along and it's not a good deal or what? I mean, that, that goes, that's kind of the Zion Williamson thing. If you go back, if you believe some of the lawsuits and everything else that went on there was the first people yeah, started but- paying Zion Williamson eventually got cut out of paying Zion Williams. But what if you can go to a more reputable place and it's like CAA is walking in. But are they going to walk in on 14-year-olds? I don't know. No, I mean, look, people are going to sign some bad deals. There's no question. But like I say, man, people make bad mistakes all the time. They open businesses that fail. They get married and divorced. They, I mean, yeah. yeah they you know, do. Yeah. It's Hollywood. It's 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 tough. I just have a hard time legislating it. But I, I agree. Yeah. There will be some terrible deals and there will be money spent out on kids that just never pan out. 
Oh, I mean, for every 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 guy that sits there and you go, that's the number one player in this class, and 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 some some like the the LeBron James in sophomore year of basketball, where you're like, holy crap! There's, I mean, you <laughs> there's so many top guys that just never do anything. Yeah, and I I just wonder at what point there's going to be a bubble on this where where there's all this money now and collectives, everyone's throwing money in. And it's gonna it's gonna hurt the school's coffers because this is basically donation money. They're just going into this. This right. is my guess, and this is what yeah, the athletic no. departments feel. But at some point, people will be like, "That was a complete waste of money." Yeah. Like, why did I give five thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, a million, and this kid never panned out? Or I'm paying a kid three years. When you was award, I don't know. Oh, yeah, Spencer Rattler. I mean, but that was after even already got to college. And that yeah, you know, that's the but that's so. the problem. You don't. I, you just have no idea. The trance, it's just going to be, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. going to be wild. But I mean, you've seen it. I've seen it. You go back even, what, 15, 16, 17 years ago, Greg Oden was the absolute can't miss center. He was going to be the next Bill Russell at least. Maybe even the next Wilt Chamberlain. And no, I mean, part of that was physical. But then part of it. He was great in college. He was great for his one year in college. But had he, yeah, but that was it. Then he yeah. was hurt. Then, yeah, he was hurt. Well, and that's Zion. I mean, do we know if Zion's going to? No, we don't. I we said do this on this podcast a long time ago. Like, Zion's too big. He, it, it's, it's, he, can you do it? I hope he can. I hope he comes back. But there's a reason we've never seen guys try this, you know? Right. Uh, at that right. size. And, you know, I mean, boy, I tell very you well, what. John Morant and Kevin Durant have a very interesting, you know, thing of being just, Yes. We'll see what job job becomes as good as Kevin, but he's on his way. Oh yeah, well, he, I mean, yeah, he's been phenomenal now for like three years in the NBA, so he's he's proving it out. But that it was funny being in New Orleans with with Zion. As a matter of fact, you speak with him, you know, like people are like he's just disappeared. Doesn't he's not out in public? He's not playing, obviously, but he's not around the team. It's like what happened? Because this guy, you know, was so magnetic and really personable. Uh, and charming in college, and now he's he's a, like a, become almost a recluse. And you can hear various theories. Some people blame the family and this and that. Blah 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 blah. I don't know what, but it's amazing how quickly you can go from can't miss to what happened. I don't know if you saw this. Notre Dame is scheduled to play Tennessee State in 2023. The HBCU, yes. um, first HBCU it's ever played, but that will be Notre Dame's first FCS game ever. It's really kind of a point of pride of Notre Dame. I believe it was them, UCLA and USC for a long time. And they're playing an HBCU team coming up. I can't remember which one, but they are. Okay. Right. It's, oh, yes, it's only going to be USC that's never played an FCS game. So that's a little something new for no, Notre it's Dame. it's and I you know I love it for Notre Dame. I think I mean if you're going to play an FCS school, then yes, play an HBCU. Uh, you know I think I'd it's rather a, they didn't play an FCS. To be honest with you. Well, I mean it's not going to be a good game. You know, let's not delude ourselves as far as that. You know, I kind of like that. I, if I was a fan of Notre Dame or USC, I would wear that as a point of pride. And now it's yeah. yeah. I mean I understand that, and I'm I'm I, I don't disagree with that, but. You know, is there a big difference between playing Tennessee State or playing the no. eighth Especially best team in the Ohio MAC? State, I don't know. Um, mm. USC and Clemson on the schedule that year. Why not with that with that non con game? Go go help somebody out. Yeah, and give them a check. Right. So that's yeah. And eh, if you're gonna, you know, I mean that, that million me. dollars to I don't that million dollars. To but if you're gonna program. play a body bag. If you're going to play a body bag game, play an HBCU, engender some goodwill there, uh, and then also perhaps help yourself recruiting in Nashville, where Tennessee State is. And there's some players. It's this is not the word. I'm not going to go. I mean, whatever. If I was a Notre Dame fan, I would have thought the other thing was cool. Well, hey, hey, for a long time, Notre Dame didn't even play anybody from the MAC or the Sun Belt. You know, I mean they they maintained a pretty tight circle of who they would play, but. That was a while ago, and now this is a different era. So, uh, interesting um, story about Traylon Burks, who's headed to the uh, the NFL from Arkansas. Alex Scarborough talked to uh, Coach Sam Pittman. Uh, let me just read you this: why why Traylon Burks is perfect for the NFL. Uh, Pittman struggled to come up with the proper way to describe Burks: smart, articulate, someone who cares about his teammates. But the word he kept coming back to was country. 
<laughs> okay, you want to know how country is? He hunts wild boar with his dogs in the whole nine yards. Pretty country. Yes, you read that correctly. Burks doesn't just fish. He doesn't just hunt deer with a crossbow. He goes out in the woods in search of wild boar with nothing but his dogs and a knife. And a knife, not even a gun. Yeah. No. Emphatically, okay. Burks explains, we do not use guns. <laughs> Essentially, what happens is this. The dogs find the hog and corner it. Then another dog it is sent in to hold the wild animal in place. If it's too small, they'll turn the hog loose. If it's big enough to feed them and others, it's time to go in. Quote, using a gun takes the fun out of it, Burke said. Oh, my God. Having a knife, it's more of a thrill that you're getting up on a wild boar that could kill you. Honestly, it's just a thrill being out there with your friends and family having a good time. <laughs> Burks wow. knows how all of this sign sounds. The average wild boar is 200 pounds. They're powerful yeah. and their tusks are there for a reason. Some people will probably consider me crazy, but that's just how I am. Holy moly. So here I hear that and I'm an NFL GM and I'm like, yes, I want him going one-on-one -on -one for a ball with the safety or blocking on an outside linebacker. Uh, yeah. Holy cow. Just, just don't do yeah, it while you're good. on a roster. But <laughs> Well, I was going to say, yeah, or yes, he could be maimed or killed also after you've paid him however many millions of dollars. So. So Good you, gravy. You, you talk about uh, this brings up a totally side thing. Um, the trail on Burke's killing the fighting the wild boar with his hands or with a knife. <laughs> a knife. This came up uh, the other night uh, while we were down here. Uh, a couple guys at this point. Do you know how many you how many chickens get slaughtered in the world each year? I don't know, but why right, did this I'll come do up? America? I'll do America and the world. There are nine billion chickens slaughtered and killed for food in per America year. every year. Nine billion. Yeah. Just in America, and there's 72 billion on Earth, which what they brought up is how where, how many chickens are there out there? And, OK, how outnumbered are we? And what would happen if for whatever reason, like there was some kind of breakdown and we got to think outside the box because you don't know. I mean, I don't know how this would happen, but there's some kind of breakdown. And all of a sudden we couldn't slaughter the chickens in our normal way. Like if there's nine billion chickens in America. Okay, and there's about 370 million Americans. And we're yeah. counting babies and like old folk home, right? Yeah, but so there's more than 9 billion. Like if we're killing 9 billion a year, then we've got more than 9 and billion. There's probably more, but let's yeah. just say that, that's 24 chickens per person. Like you could have 24 chickens attack They'd probably take each down. American. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't think they're going to take everyone down. There's going to be a trail on Burks. It's not going to have any problems with that. So, yeah, no, but but they're, they're going to put some damage in like <laughs> 20, if 24 chickens attacked you, Pat Forty, what would you do? Uh, I, I would call for help. I would say <laughs> but the, the, the <laughs> next guy's got 24. Well, on his ass. All right. So, yeah, well, if I all right, if I thought this was an imminent threat, I would probably arm myself to begin with. And then, you know, you got to figure out, all right, how many can I kill by hand at a time? Like, are they all going to attack me at once or not? If they, I don't know, but if they ever got organized, that's a lot of chickens. If they organized and mobilized, we might have issues. We might. Fortunately, they're dumb. They're chickens. Now, can I ask you this? This conversation that you had, was this perhaps over a bourbon or two, a beer, yeah, a bush yeah, lighter? I mean, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, pretty much out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> Pretty interesting, the, though. The master's veranda discussion of, of whether we can be overtaken and murdered by chickens. Now, yeah. are there 24 roosters, too? <laughs> well, Ooh, boy. hey, Cluck Norris. Yeah. If Cluck Norris led, <laughs> I would be concerned. President Cluck starts a revolution. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Of his if President Cluck friends. took over and, and like, mobilized, we'd, we would be in trouble for sure. A uh, couple more uh, college sports notes. Uh, 4.85 million viewers for the women's NCAA championship game. Most watched college game on ESPN since 2008. Uh, I mean, whatever. They don't do the men's tournament, but that's a very nice number for women's basketball. It's sport continued to grow more popular. Yeah. Good. No, it's great. I, I will momentarily divert from the chicken onslaught, but uh, sorry to make a hard pivot there, but I mean, it's only so long. I want to consider 24 chickens well, coming at you. And frankly, I was going to say, yes, it is a chicken onslaught because South Carolina Gamecocks won the title. Yeah. So the, the chicken onslaught continues. Uh, no, I think it's great. And I, I do think there has been a conscience conscious uh, movement by people in the media and others like, Hey, you know what? Yes. The other tournament is happening at the same time. Go back to Sedona Prince from Oregon, you know, 
shining a light on the inequity and just reminding people our tournament's good too. And I do think that people have, have paid more attention. There's been more media coverage. And this is what we're getting. And you watch, and it's good basketball. I mean, yeah. these you are get good to the teams. end, it's really good basketball. Like there's yeah, a lot the of beginning too. A, there was a lot of upsets this year. Yeah, it was it was a more competitive tournament this year than it had been for a long time. But uh, yeah, yeah, not bad. Twenty. I mean, that's that's a good number, and it'll it'll continue to go. And when they when they, I think they'll break out the NCAA. Right now, the NCAA sells they sell the men's basketball tournament, and then they package every other sport together. Yeah, and I think that right. they they can package the women's basketball. They'll get more money out of ESPN now. Whether ESPN will, uh, the only thing would be this. Yeah, ESPN promotes that thing. Nobody promotes women's basketball more than ESPN. Oh no, right. So they'll pay more, and then yeah. they'll probably have to promote more. But they they put a lot on. So yeah, they are anyway. Indeed. Good step for I women's did see basketball. Somebody talking about the worst TV deals ever, and that was the top one, even over CBS's SEC deal. Um, really was yeah. the the package because you i mean college baseball is growing college volleyball is growing yeah like that, that is a really yeah, good deal package all of those together is just stupid it really mm-hmm. is i mean yeah you, you you break some of those out they will do well they'll have big audiences and again the more espn invests the more they will promote excessive self-promotion network espn they'll do yeah it. i mean I, yeah i think part of the reasoning on that was they want every like they, they'll have women's bowling championship on ESPN, right. and I don't know yeah. that they'll have that if they no if they true start like yes if out. you if you ask them to to do that but right I mean if they they already it's look, it's, they, it's tricky there's two sides to that coin but yes they should get more money and that uh, should help they just need more competitive at, at its highest level women's basketball can be compelling uh, it doesn't have to you know not everything has to be the biggest to be successful and so but they can continue to build audience and and go as uh, like. We've said it a million times. We think volleyball could get more. We think, you know, obviously there's a, there's different audiences. I, Baseball, we, softball. Watching the Frozen yeah. Four, the incredible Denver-Michigan game. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's getting played kind of late after, you know, the bad. They don't promote. They don't care at all about the just, but, you know, I like it. But the the, the, the final eight's on ESPNU, you know. Right. Uh, <laughs> but you know, let, let's just reiterate. The the Denver Pioneers did defeat Michigan, which means I win our little win uh, race for the case for the hockey final four. So thank you. That is true. You did thank win you. the Frozen Four. Luke Hughes and Owen Power letting us down, Dan. Yeah, hey. yeah, that was bad. So I don't know. We'll see what they do with all those other sports, but as it, as it goes. All right, finally, and uh, we'll go. We're going to start getting more heavily into like spring practice talk and football talk. Yeah, uh, start next week. It's, we will get there. Sort of a transitional one at between the Final Four, and uh, it would be a little disjointed today. So thank you for sticking with us. But uh, this one we could not let. The story could not get by. I'll just uh, I'll just um, I'll just read it. A Dutch cheese heist. Uh, cheese heist has resulted in thousands of dollars lost and stern warnings to others to protect their products. Uh, the thievery uh, occurred at a dairy farm uh, in the Netherlands. According Good luck to with that name. Yeah, I'm not naming that. Torin Polar Dacus. I can't say William Christopher Sweeney's <laughs> name. So. Somebody stole 3,500 pounds of cheese. <laughs> okay. It's a lot. How do you, yeah. do you carry that out? I mean, how does that work? How do you, that's a, uh, a ton and a half plus of cheese. Yeah. You're not running down the street. Like it's a diamond heist or something. You're <laughs> yeah, no, no. Right. Yeah. You don't just drop it all in the yeah, little silk bag and get out of there. I mean, what, do, maybe you're rolling it down a hill cause it's wheels of cheese. Like you're, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how they stole the cheese. The best part about this is that there in 2016 alone, there was 160,000 pounds of cheese stolen in Wisconsin. What? So cheese is like a high crime item now? Is that what we're getting to? 4% of cheeses worldwide are stolen. (laughs) 4% of cheese. According to Newsweek, it's the most stolen food on earth. Come on. Yeah. So you steal the cheese. um, So. It's like, I don't, but I'm, jewels, I'm still not sure how cars and cheese. They explore the farm and then they know where to what to pack. I, I, it's still this is. I mean, here's one story. We're a bit afraid of this. They don't shy away from entering a cheese farm with brute force. In no brute time, force. they fill their bus and leave. Really? Apparently, there's like, yeah, like 
brute force. Brutes brute, are that, like armed cheese robbery. I didn't say armed, just brutes. Okay, brutes, and they beat you up, and they load it on well, a bus. One they of load the problems, a ton you can take of good, cheese on a bus. You can take good Dutch cheese and get it over to Eastern Europe, and it gets retraded into countries such as Russia. See, uh oh. Because there's economic boycotts now. You can't get any cheese. Here we go. They're boycotting. They're, they're actually funding the war on Ukraine. Is what you were saying? The cheese? I, the, the well, black, no, they're just getting some cheese. The, the, the cheese Russians, black market? Okay. The yeah. average Russian's just like, dude, I want my cheese. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I had no idea that the most stolen food product on earth is cheese. <laughs> and that apparently it's easy to do. You show up in the Netherlands or probably Switzerland or France or whatever this and just entire and story and you're a brute and you just start taking cheese. Yeah. So one of the ways they try to protect themselves is they 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 press a like number, like a barcode into the rind of the cheese wheel. <laughs> okay. But obviously, as this uh expert that these guys interviewed, <laughs> the number is pressed into the rind, it cannot be re- removed without damaging the cheese. However, they can't sell, so that these cannot sell the entire cheese in the Netherlands, but you cut off a piece and you can no longer see where the cheese comes well, from. Well, yeah, yeah, you just chop right? off over. I mean, this <laughs> seems wow, genius. Hey, I want to meet these Wisconsin Badger fans that are stealing 160,000 that's it pounds of cheese. We have renegade Wisconsin fans up there turning a, a cheese black market. It's unbelievable. I'm a little dubious in this whole story. I, I, I mean. <laughs> What? <laughs> Black market cheese. <laughs> I mean, cheese can the... cost a lot of money. I mean, like, kind of weirdly, you know. Good cheese is expensive. It's yeah, weird, right? We're you ever go like I've, I've done craft. that? Yeah, like for Christmas Eve, we'll try to put together a good charcuterie board, and all of a sudden you're spending seventeen dollars for a little wedge of something. You know, it's like why? Why, why is that? Got to pay for the security. Yeah, that's it. You got to get these surveillance things. Keep these <laughs> bands of brutes from stealing your cheese. I don't know. Um, uh, we're going to get roaming Europe, show, stealing here's cheese. Here's what I'm going to guarantee. Much like Tiger Woods, we're going to keep him working to improve over the next five days. And we're going to have a better show now. <laughs> we will. Hey, happy be- National Beer Day to everybody, too, though. Let's get that. Yeah, you too. Even if you hopefully you're drinking. Dan's you having a bush light. light. He's letting yeah. everyone down by drinking bad beer on National Beer Day. But it's what we got. Get a 30 rack down the corner. <laughs> They'll sell it. They don't have it in the, the thing because no one's buying it. <laughs> Go uh, eat your dinner. Thank eat you your for Augusta listening. Dinner. This is clearly a pod for people who like the pod. Yeah. 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 So, um, like I said, we're going to we're gonna do better. Uh, Ross, we did. I did talk to Ross the other day. I might have him on the show. Yeah. He, yep. it, it, he, hopefully he won't make fun of me for drinking bush light i don't need another one of those so we'll no. see. might have some you're in trouble there we might need to bring some guests in here to the panel, <laughs> so. anyway talk to you all later <laughs>